That's right, feet of water producing what forecasters are calling historic life-threatening flooding. Tonight, tropical watches and warnings extend from Louisiana to the Florida Panhandle. Morgan Chesky is in the storm zone tonight. Tonight, a slow-motion disaster. Hurricane Sally slogging to the Gulf Coast. It's drenching rains, flooding parts of Florida, putting Mississippi on high alert. It shifts west, and we're going to see a good bit of it. And shifting to hit Alabama head-on, where water is already rising. We still hope and pray that Sally will not bring that type of pain and heartache. But my fellow Alabamians, Hurricane Sally is not to be taken for granted. A storm surge warning now stretches from Louisiana all the way to the Florida Panhandle. While hurricanes are rated by wind speed, water is the biggest threat. Almost 90% of hurricane-related deaths in the U.S. are water-related, from surge, rip currents, and flooding. And Sally promising a lot of water. Forecasts in some areas now calling for more than two feet of rain. This storm is moving slower than any storm I've ever seen. Carlos Finley, who grew up in Mobile, is already watching water creep towards his home. That's my greatest concern, is that it's going to get on top of us, and she's just going to sit here. Coast Guard crews in Mobile, now off the water, until conditions improve. We have a lot of coastal flooding, so that's going to be very significant, the flooding portion of this. That's your biggest concern tonight? That is my biggest concern, is safety of life. And tonight, as Sally churns its way towards us here in Mobile, it's moving slower than I'm walking right now, not even two miles an hour. And it's that slow speed combined with torrential rain that could lead to devastating flooding. Lester? All right, Morgan, thanks. Let's get right over to Al Roker, who's tracking it all. Al, it looks like we're in for a long night. Lester, heavy rain bands and strong winds already making their way onshore. A Category 1 storm, Sally has 80-mile-per-hour winds crawling north at 2 miles per hour, makes landfall early tomorrow morning, and then continues through the southeast, bringing heavy rain along with it. We do have that storm surge, not as bad as originally feared, but still anywhere from 2 to 6 feet, which can cause big problems. The biggest concern, the rain, Lester. We are talking about historic flooding for southern Alabama, western Florida, some places is picking up 30 inches or more with major river flooding and look at this four storms still out in the atlantic with teddy possibly becoming a major storm details tomorrow morning on today lester all right al thanks if only some of that rain could reach the west coast the wildfires they're still raging in california and oregon in their wake rescuers searching for the missing with the death toll rising miguel almaguerre is in oregon even the fire retardant dropped on these streets couldn't stop the flames. Today, as cadaver dogs scoured mangled wreckage, first responders in Oregon deployed their mobile morgue for the first time in state history. This is the grim work to find dozens who are still missing. My brother came up there to pretty much help take care of my mom. Travis Cook lost his mother and his brother in the same fire. Well, I still cannot believe I wake up in the mornings and it's just like, is this really happening? With five towns obliterated by flames, we drove into the center of the heartbreak in Phoenix, Oregon. It really is remarkable how unrecognizable all of these buildings are. The unimaginable path of destruction stretches from Washington State to California. In Butte County, where the death toll has risen again, 
Jillian Rouse and her family lost their home to fire in paradise two years ago, and now again last week in Berry Creek. We did it last time, so let's do it again. You know, everyone else is doing it again with us, too, so it's hard for the kids to hear me. Sorry for yourself. The economic losses from the fires could reach $150 billion, the same impact as a Category 5 hurricane. But with dozens dead, the natural disaster is creating an environmental catastrophe. In Portland, now home to the world's most dangerous air, Alaska Airlines forced to temporarily suspend flights. The soup of toxic haze smothering Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, drifting as far as Washington, D.C. Two disasters unfolding at the same time as the search for the missing continues. And this is what search teams are up against. Debris fields that don't just stretch blocks, but entire cities. The family that lives in this home made it out alive, but many of their neighbors may not have been so lucky. Just a heartbreaking scene. Lester? All right, Miguel, thanks. A developing story tonight in Phoenix now where a security officer was shot and wounded outside the federal courthouse. Officials say the court officer was being treated at the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. Late today, the FBI said an arrest had been made in connection with the shooting. More than six months after Breonna Taylor was shot and killed in her apartment by police in Louisville, that city today announced a multi-million dollar settlement with her family. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is there. After months of nationwide protests, and her name becoming a rallying cry for social justice, Tonight, Brianna Taylor's family has agreed to a $12 million civil settlement with the city of Louisville, one of the largest payments ever in the U.S. following a police shooting. My administration is not waiting to move ahead with needed reforms to prevent a tragedy like this from ever happening again. The settlement does not admit any wrongdoing by the police, but it includes several reforms, such as changes to the approval process for search warrants, the hiring of social workers to go out on mental health calls, and incentives for officers to live and volunteer in the community. The settlement comes more than six months after a botched raid at Taylor's apartment. Police were executing a search warrant, looking for drugs. Officers said they announced themselves, but Taylor's boyfriend, who was also inside, disputes that. He wounded an officer when he says he fired his licensed weapon, fearing an intruder. Police returned fire, killing Taylor. Her family says no drugs were found in the apartment. Brianna Taylor was in her apartment who had every right to sleep in peace and not have the police execute a dangerous, I believe unconstitutional and unjustifiable no-not warrant on yet another black citizen in America. One of the officers there that night, Brent Hankinson, was fired. The police chief wrote in his termination letter that Hankinson displayed an extreme indifference to the value of human life. Hankinson has not commented. Two other officers are on administrative leave. None of the officers has been criminally charged. What will you miss most about her? Her smile. Tamika Palmer is Taylor's yeah. mother. How important are charges for these officers? It's very important. It's the, it's the most important part of this at all. I understand that they're police officers, but that doesn't make you above the law. Sources close to the matter tell NBC News that the Breonna Taylor case could be presented to a grand jury as early as this week. But Kentucky's attorney general says there is no official timetable for when any potential charges would be announced.
Lester? All right, Gabe, thank you. Now to a growing firestorm involving the Health and Human Services Secretary and a top deputy who reportedly worked to revise CDC reports about the COVID-19 pandemic to make the Trump administration's response look better. Allie Jackson has the latest for us. The Senate's top Democrat tonight demanding Health Secretary Alex Azar resign over his handling of the coronavirus pandemic. We need a Secretary of Health and Human Services who will look out for the American people, not President Trump's political interests. Senator Chuck Schumer furious about a report top HHS officials tried to modify nonpartisan weekly data updates that show how the fight against COVID is going. In one case, an aide to the agency's communication chief, Michael Caputo, berated the CDC for trying to hurt the president with its reports, according to Politico. A White House aide called it stunning. Schumer wants Azar to step down in the middle of a pandemic, but did not comment on another HHS official in the spotlight tonight, Michael Caputo. In a now-deleted Facebook Live video, Caputo plugged conspiracy theories, according to the New York Times, accusing CDC scientists of sedition or inciting rebellion against the president, forming a resistance unit to undermine him, and accusing left-wing agitators of plotting violence if President Trump wins, predicting the shooting will begin after his inauguration. Caputo, a longtime loyalist with no scientific background, also acknowledged the strain on his mental health. Today, he reportedly apologized for the outburst and is considering a leave of absence, according to the Times, which also says an HHS spokesperson called him a critical, integral part of the pandemic response. Neither Caputo nor HHS responded to NBC News' request for comment on the apology. And on the coronavirus response on Capitol Hill, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says today she wants to work toward COVID relief, but so far neither side has agreed to restart talks. Lester? Hallie Jackson, thanks. And at the White House today, Israel and two Arab nations signed a new diplomatic agreement that will normalize relations and bring them closer together. But as Andrea Mitchell reports, a broader Middle East peace is still an elusive goal. With pomp and circumstance, the president heralding the first Arab nations to recognize Israel since 1994, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Both countries have quietly dealt with Israel for years, sharing intelligence against Iran, a common enemy. But today's agreements open the doors for trade, travel, and tourism. But it is not Middle East peace. Left out, the Palestinians, abandoned by their Arab neighbors, powerless to do anything but protest. The UAE is likely to get what it wants, coveted F-35 stealth bombers from the U.S. The big winners, two embattled political leaders. Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu, owing President Trump for helping him squeak out two recent election victories, still under pressure at home, but flying here to return the favor and getting a key to the White House. And it's a key to our country and to our hearts. The key to the hearts of the people of Israel because of all, of all the great things we've done. And the president can portray himself as a peacemaker. He says worthy of a Nobel Prize 49 days before the election. Lester. Andrea, thanks. In 60 seconds, Joe Biden in Florida and the intense battle for the crucial Latino vote and new warning signs about an uptick of overseas COVID cases. Now, some paracatrio symbols.